This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Richard Maltby, we continue the conversation on achievement versus fulfillment, going on ideas, and how when you're on the right course, everything falls into place. We also discuss how we all talk ourselves out of good ideas and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Richard Maltby. In life, if you view it this way, how do you view achievement versus fulfillment? <laughs> good Lord. You ask the dark questions, don't you? Um, okay, next question. Uh, next question. No, 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 no. It's, it's it, it, uh, particularly, I, you know, at, at my age, you start to look at your whole you know, career and your whole life. And, and uh, somebody is, somebody has just decided that they wanted to write a book about David and me and they have done it and it's going to be printed with the Oxford university press. And it's all, a, it's all great. But in the course of it, I had to read it. And I thought, Oh my God, is that my, I mean, the guy writing it was writing what he thought was, uh, you know, a, a, a story of this successful career. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, that mistake. Oh, that terrible. Oh, why did I do that? Why didn't I follow up on that? I just, I just saw it as a collection of missed opportunities and mistakes. So fulfillment. There's nothing quite so wonderful as the moment when you write something and you think it is actually okay when it seems satisfying when the story gets told and is you know usually the last three or four pages you know if I'm if I'm on to something bring me to tears you know and uh, it 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 only lasts for a while. Eventually, you go into rehearsal, and the last three pages will then suck or or not work for a while until they work again, or you'll rewrite them, or you'll do any number of things. But for that one magic moment when you finish it and you think it's kind of great, that's uh, that's satisfying. Um, and. I, I always say that musical writing is is um, discouraging and depressing and debilitating uh, and uh, humiliating and the most fun you'll ever have. <laughs> it's, and it's when all the pieces come together and the you know and, and the set change comes and the you know. Uh, the lights dim. I don't know. It's and the orchestra is playing. It is so extraordinary. There was one moment we were doing a musical in at, in college, and it was this one. It was Grand Trail about a school teacher who takes a trip to Europe, and she's on the boat and she sings about how excited she's going to be and that she's looking for something that or something to happen, and um. There was a. It was it was in front of a scrim, and there was a boat whistle and a, all, a musical build to like we're we're getting there and uh, the music and the orchestra hits a big 
climax and uh, we dissolve through the scrim to a streets of Rome filled with flowers and, and everything else. And, uh, and it, it just had to happen. I mean, and the, the scrim flies out on the last note, and it was like, that's the, the arrival into Rome. Um, we were set up to have that happen when we were doing this student production. And we did it once in the dress rehearsal, and the lighting designer was an artist. Peter Hunt, who went off and run, ended up winning a Tony Award for directing 1776. And, um, and he, was, he, he was a brilliant lighting designer. And he wanted to prove to me that that moment was, was, was thrilling. And the stage manager screwed it up and didn't call the cues right so that the dissolve through the scrim didn't happen on the music. He threw his book out. He was so dismayed because, because he had screwed up this effect and he knew I would be unhappy. I, I wasn't unhappy at all. We did it again and it was fine. But, but in that one moment, that's what, that's what it is. It, your entire being is 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 um, making one moment happen as it only can happen in a musical with music and lights and scenery and and actors and and uh, orchestra I mean just when those things come together you just kind of die there's so much they're so wonderful mm. and you want to do it again even though the whole experience may not have what you wanted it to be we're all addicts that's what we are we have to get up in the morning and shoot up and, and get through the next day get our fix that we have to get our fix exactly so i mean you know then there's sadly no rehab for the for this particular addiction another show another, I, show, another show exactly I'm curious through all of this, how has gut instinct on decision-making evolved? I don't go on gut instinct. Um, I go on ideas. The gut instinct is, is, is whether the idea is, is, is strong. If, if there's a certain kind of, power that an idea has you know it is about the story is about this or this is going to happen it this way and um this is how we're going to reveal the tr truth about this moment and so then you figure out or or th this is a moment in which you have to feel the truth about this moment you have to feel this So what do you do to make that happen? You, it, the idea is underneath everything. Um, I mean, we had so many really good ideas in Eight Misbehaven that have stood the test of time. Um, uh, the idea that was, Fats Waller had was notable for his the comedy in his recordings. But he also did a lot of pure piano music and he and the there was comedy in his piano music, these little sort of jokes. He's like teasing the audience all the time. Mm. Most anybody would have 
taken the comedy from his sung performances and been happy with it. But I thought there was the comedy in the piano music was 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 central to it. He's and if the play we have five characters, they're like five actors, they're like the five fingers of one of a hand. Yeah. If you if the if the show could play with the audience, tease the audience the way that he teased the audience in his instrumental music, we would unlock comedy that we wouldn't expect and that um and it would have a meaning and the show does that and in fact that turned out to be true it's all about the the characters on stage dealing with the audience tricking the audience teasing the audience lying to the audience mm -hmm. telling them that something's true when it isn't telling them how much in love we are with you oh except for you oh i'd rather have you you know it's like um the uh, the there were um, uh, in the forties uh, things called soundies, and the soundies were like for, like music videos. That is to say, it, it was attached to a jukebox, and if you put a quarter in instead of a nickel, you would not only hear the song, but you'd see this little movie. Mm -hmm. So Waller made a few of them. The one he made of Ain't Misbehavin', the song Ain't Misbehavin', was basically triggered the whole show. Um, he's yeah. singing Ain't Misbehavin', I'm saving my love for you to this beautiful girl. Wonderful. Behind him are three other girls going, well, what are they doing? Who, who are they? And and one of as they're going on, one of the girls will come up and sort of flirt with Waller, and, and the other girl would his to, that he's singing to would come over and sort of beat them away and i thought what is going on here this is oh i get it ain't misbehaving is a lie he's singing about how ain't misbehaving i'm saving my love for you but he's been cheating on her like crazy not only that she knows and not only that he knows she knows and what are you going to do about it because you wouldn't be interested in me if i was so boring as to be faithful uh, I mean, that's what's going on while they're singing a simple little song. So the show, from that came the idea that no one in the show would ever tell the truth to anybody else. Because that's what you do when you are, um, when you're living in an unfair world. You know, when you're overweight, when you're too old, when you're too any number of things. You don't whine and moan about it. You lie and tell and say that it doesn't matter to me hmm. you, you want to uh you want that skinny little girl over there well you can go over and have her and when you finish with the appetizer and you feel you might like an entree i may be here you know it's like <laughs> that's what you do if you think you're losing your man you know yeah uh, and so I'm saying that you have this one idea and you just follow it. And then it, it, if it's truthful, it opens doors that you didn't think existed. If it's truthful. I love that. If it's truthful. Yeah. Well, if it isn't, then it'll just be a lie. First of all, it won't pay off. When you're on the right course, everything falls into place. Everybody's a genius. 
when you're not, everybody has, you know, different opinions and they don't come together. And basically, that's what a director does. A director does not tell you what to do. A director sets a course, a definition of what we're, of what the process, what the whole process is, what the project is, what we're going for, and then make sure that every piece fits into that. Um, it get, a director gives you a direction, not directs you. It doesn't, you know. Mm. So basic, and you know, people who think directing has something to do with coaching actors um, are usually sadly disappointed because you don't get a very much chance to coach actors in a musical. Mm. You spend all of your time um, getting everybody on track, making sure that every choice that everybody makes is something you know, that's, that's related to the, um, to the center. Um, and that I think is challenging. And I think that's, what's exciting. Yeah. And that comes with a great deal of self-awareness. It seems you just keep asking yourself, you know, um, um, because you can, you, you can make mistakes along the way. You can tell yourself that something makes sense when it really doesn't. Um, um, it usually shakes down. I mean, we're, I'm doing a, a version of, of, a show called Waterfall that's going to be done in, in it's set in Bangkok and, and in Tokyo. And uh, we're going to do a production of it in Bangkok. Mm. And because of that, we're, you know, doing a lot of revisions of it and, um, and challenging. I'm trying hard to sort of challenge every moment in the story. It's an original story. So therefore the, you know, all, there are all sorts of variables. I mean, when you, if you're doing Les Mis, you do at least have the book and the characters there. But if you have an original, anybody can be anything. Mm. You know, you can you can say they're well, they're 35, or they're 25, or they're 45, you know, mm. which one works for you? Doesn't work if he's too young. Uh, so maybe, maybe this should be, you know, a 60-year-old person. So and you know you i forgot what the question was but it but that's the answer to it but <laughs> metaphorically speaking if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see does anything come to mind i think the most profound thought of the 20th century was woody allen saying 80 percent of life is showing up yeah <laughs> you know you just do it it's all it's also you know it's part of i mean steve always has all the answers uh um move on you know mm. just keep keep going and keep going and keep going and um i mean i didn't i was doing i had nothing better to do when i was filling up a um you know a, a an empty slot in a nightclub and produced a misbehaving which was a life-changing event. I did not say, gee, what am I going to do so that six months from now I will have a life-changing event? <laughs> I was just... And part of the reason why the show was so successful and so good was that it was below the radar. I mean, no one at the Manhattan Theater Club ever stuck their face in the rehearsal room. Um, had nothing at stake. 
I had nothing. I was not worried about, you know, satisfying anybody. I was just worried about whether we were putting enough stuff in it, whether we were making Waller's comedy come alive enough, whether it was clear enough, whether there could be more in it, you know. And um, and then the you know when all was said and done, it was suddenly there, and uh, and and then you get these surprises. I mean, Nell Carter was always thrilling, but when she walks into when Ken Page is sung honeysuckle rose sort of like a concert you know a singer and she comes in and comes into his arms and starts singing every honeybee fills with jealous i mean the audience went absolutely bonkers. you could feel the the walls of the room coming down with that voice that trumpet voice that she's got and ken i mean the sexiness of it an overweight woman being sexy and being beautiful um it was planned but totally unexpected you know mm -hmm. um planned it was set up to happen but i didn't think it was going to happen like that you know so yeah so you just do it and the creativity of the moment solves things. We're all smarter than we think we are. And we, we all talk ourselves out of good ideas. That's the other thing. Isn't that true? I have this one principle, which I keep saying to writers, and I say, um, your show will not be ruined because somebody comes up stupid comes up and gives you a bad idea and you do it your show will be ruined because someone really smart will come up and give you a really good idea which you must not take because it it's a good idea but it will go against what was part of the fabric of the piece and suddenly you'll find yourself going down a side road that isn't always true. Sometimes a smart person will come up and give you exactly the piece of advice you should take, but at least be open to the possibility that it may it could be destructive. That's a really great point. And this has been such a great conversation. Richard, thank you for taking the time. Oh, listen, as you can tell, press the button and this man talks. <laughs> People of the world, Richard Malthy. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.